2: For the treatment of diarrhea and gastrointestinal problems. It's termed a natural plant alkaloid. So since when? Maybe like 2,500 BC or something like you that? You know, I haven't seen the exact numbers, but they just say millennia, so we okay. can assume. So for, for thousands, thousands of years. years. Yes. And it has been shown to be very effective in Chinese medicine. In terms of where it comes from, the technical name of the plants are Coptis chinensis and Hydrastis canadensis are the technical names. We have a friend from India, and he was asking us, you know, well, what is the name used in, in India? And we, we didn't have that for him. But those are the technical names. And anyways, it's been used for a long period of time, uh, until in the 1990s, they started doing some studies, seeing that berberine was doing all sorts of effects in the body, ranging from cancer to diabetes and cholesterol and so on and so forth. And we'll go into those uh, at nauseum. But basically, that is where berberine comes from and what it's used for. Okay. And you said for inflammation.
1: Yeah, and I'm going to go that? into
2: that too, sorry. Okay, so there was
1: other uses yeah. or there's other mechanisms that berberine um, is involved with, and and, and okay, so we're going to go into that in a little bit. And that kind of covers where berberine came from,
0: mm-hmm. so.
1: kind of the China-Indian border, for those of you who like to look into those types of things. And uh, it's not a drug, although it has um, some pretty powerful effects, just... A little, a little ditty, if you will, if that's still a word, on, uh, on supplements. Um, we use supplements in, in our treatments. Um, our goal is not to have people taking supplements for the rest of their life. A lot of our patients are um, autoimmune patients. In fact, the vast majority of our patients, it turns out, have some sort of autoimmune problem and those of you who may be in that category might find that you are either sensitive to a lot of supplements or you might find that a lot of supplements don't work for you but you're taking them anyway in the hopes that somehow they're going to help you um we pretty much have a motto here i mean if you take one of our supplements and it doesn't make you better or make you worse then it's either not helping you, or you're not or, or We use specific companies, so we know the quality of our supplements. We should do a whole thing on the quality of supplements at some point, if we haven't already done it. And um, But uh, berberine is something that if you take it, I will tell you right now, and you're not having an effect, stop taking it. <laughs> it's, you don't need it. Okay. Most of our patients are going to see an effect because, because Dr. Gates, who runs all of our programs, um, determines whether a person needs berberine based on a sh- extensive history an exam, response to treatment, mm-hmm. blood tests, yeah, and those types totally. of things. So, um, so having said that, and, and I'm just trying to give you a little tip: the the, the, the vitamin guys out there who are taking 100 vitamins. If I have a patient comes in here and I say, "Are these helping you?" and you say, "I don't know," they're probably not helping you. Just just for, I'm not, and we clearly we're not anti-supplement, but. You can take supplements that aren't helping you. You could take supplements that are harming you. It can it can happen if you're taking too many. So, so just a little little clinical pearl there, a little rule of thumb. So, so let's expand on what does berberine do? Okay. And 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 the many effects that it was originally used for an anti-inflammatory, mm-hmm. but we certainly see and and there have been many more effects documented in the research. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, what we're seeing, and we've covered this in previous broadcasts, is that there seems to be a growing problem of too many bacteria in the gastrointestinal tract. It's termed the microbiome. That's the, it's almost like this organ living in your gastrointestinal tract made up of pounds of bacteria. I think it's in the order of four trillion that degree. And so anyways, we're seeing that elements of the American diet feed these bacteria, and many Americans are getting too many of these bacteria, and as a result, pieces of these bacteria are floating into the bloodstream, and even more interestingly, you can watch our, our podcast or our broadcast on, I think it was called metabolic syndrome, prediabetes in the gut, and in there, we talked extensively how when we get too much bacterial overgrowth, then as a result, that can lead into weight gain, that can lead into insulin resistance, which is- oh, we're really talking bad bacteria. Bad bacteria. We're, talking pre-diabetes, and then we can explain the mechanisms. I don't think we really need to go into that right now. But basically, it's almost like you're, you're getting sick from your gut. and From your food. From your food. I don't know if they, it,
1: that was pretty quick, but from the American diet.
2: And in fact, for all of you who love documentaries, yeah. I combine probably. stress and
1: your American diet.
2: Um, the documentary Fed Up is a great one because they talk extensively how one-third of our population is now obese, one-third of our population is overweight, and 20 years, approximately two-thirds of our population is going to be obese. So we have this growing epidemic of body mass here in the United States and really across the world because so many countries that were even considered non-industrialized are now eating our type of diet. We have a doctor who works here, and he just went to the Philippines, and uh, he sent us an email saying, I can't believe how they're using so many crops that are used in America here and the health problems that we're seeing associated with it. He set up like three clinics in the last month or something. He's he's a go-getter when he's on fire. But but it's just very interesting. So I say all that to say, going back to berberine, is that berberine is being found to be a natural antibiotic. Again, we mentioned that for years, for millennia, it was used to treat gastrointestinal infections, gastrointestinal problems, likely bacterial infections. And berberine is now being shown to be very effective at killing. This overgrowth of bacteria in our gastrointestinal tract, and because we work here in America, we're seeing awesome results with it. So it's a natural antibiotic. Natural antibiotic that only kills the bad bacteria. <laughs> primarily, that to be technical, That we'll right. mostly
1: only kills the bad That's bacteria what it's being observed and kills today. a little teeny bit of the good bacteria. We'll be very accurate on that.
2: <laughs> and then it's also being observed something be... that your antibiotics don't do because most they antibiotics kill everything. Exactly, because most antibiotics that we take in America for a sinus infection or pneumonia, you want that antibiotic to go from your gut into your lungs. You want it to get there. And in the process of that, these are powerful agents, and they will wipe out good bacteria and bad bacteria in the intestines. That can allow the remaining bad guys to start to grow in your GI tract. And you may have heard C. diff, Clostridium difficile, it's a type of opportunistic infection. Nonetheless, what we see with berberine is that it's locally acting. It only stays in the gastrointestinal tract, and that's part of the reason why it's, it's fairly safe and is even more effective because it's wiping out these bacterial populations. The only other medication we know of right now that does that is termed rifaximin. And it's now being used by uh, some gastroenterologists down at Cedar Sinai and a few other places in the treatment of this condition called small intestinal bowel overgrowth, which IBS patients with irritable bowel syndrome they get constipation, diarrhea, pain, and bloating that they suffer with. So again, another tangent. But and we're not like, medical
1: doctors, even though uh,
2: I'm yeah, certified I'm
1: not, in functional medicine. And I'm not telling you to take and it. that type of thing. We're just talking about. And we're not telling you to take it. The bottom line is, is we need to be conversant with this. We need to be conversant. Most of our patients come in here on 5, 10, 15 medications. We've had patients who've gone to the mm-hmm. small intestinal bowel overgrowth um, experts center who, experts yeah. 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 who write about this at Stanford and 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 get these medications. We've had the opportunity to see the effects of those medications, uh, frankly, versus what, uh, what, what we might do or what maybe somebody in our field might do uh, with that. And we do take an integrated approach to our problems that, that show up here when necessary. And maybe 20% of our patients, we end up integrating with the medical community mm-hmm. on, yeah. on different types of things, like getting people off of drugs or taking, in some cases, some very extreme cases, I think this is a good point to make, the berberine doesn't work.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, then you, and then you have to go
2: to Right. I think we've done that once or twice. Yeah, and we refer a patient for the rifaximin yeah. back then, to her gastroenterologist. Exactly, and yeah. then you have to
1: go to that. So there. So I'm tr- what we're trying to do is draw a context for you. Some of you are going to take the berberine; it's not going to work. Some of you are going to go. I don't want any drugs. I, I mean, I don't make fun of you or anything. I, I, I apologize if it seemed that way, but I have people that come in, and I do all of the all of the intakes, and I do all of the kind of the uh, uh, kind of evaluating the patient and where they're at the patient says, I want to do this without any drugs, in the beginning, we don't know where that's going to be, if you're going to be one of those 20%. But if you need a thyroid medication or you need an antibiotic because the alternative isn't working and that patient's going to be refractory to that, then we try to handle that up front. But this berberine was one of the points I wanted to make was, again, everything is is put out there in the market as this is going to work. This is it. Here it is. Take this. Everything will be better. It's part. If you have to take berberine, and even more, if you take berberine and it helps you, it's probably just the tip of the iceberg. Right. It's probably just the tip of
2: telling you that there are other things going exactly. on. Exactly. All right. Exactly. So, and then I'll also say that berberine has been shown to decrease inflammation in the system. It's been shown to be uh, basically an antioxidant, in essence. And going on what you were saying in terms of not feeling a difference with supplements, commonly with berberine just so everybody knows you how might I might get sick. you might get sick In fact, <laughs> a huge percentage of our patient population I'll go back to the literature the literature will cite 25% in their studies I think it's way higher than that well uh, we, I think it's about we, over 50% of our patients yeah when we treat I was putting them people. on the standard dose of berberine had nausea diarrhea vomiting like severe because <laughs> okay. berberine is powerful so you either know whether it's working or not based on the person's symptoms or the lab tests, but also we have developed a system now for titrating up the dose of berberine very slowly so people can tolerate it better. and We also use other supplements that seem to work in synergy very yeah. well with berberine yeah. also so if you
1: don't so if you get take the berberine and you get those uh, uh, those side effects, does it mean that it isn't something that might be an important part of what you're trying to get done? Just means that you might be taking too much in the beginning. So another nuance of, of what we we're hoping to bring to the table here. Mm-hmm. Um, diabetes is that one. Yeah, where you fantastic. Want to go? So diabetes, the big, the big push on that one flyer that went out to about a billion people was: you take this, you don't have to worry about your blood sugar anymore. Diabetes type two is gone. You don't have to do anything with take Burberry.
2: And so you that harkens me that back to last August when we first were alerted about berberine from a patient um and i started reading the articles on it and i was blown away because a lot of the articles were saying this berberine can be as effective as metformin which is a drug used to treat diabetes and some other diabetes medications um at a pretty low dose and so we were somewhat astounded by that so we well we and um We have gone through almost every article on the planet related to berberine and (laughs) And diabetes. We've been asked to give a seminar, and we've just been too busy on it to a group of medical doctors. But in essence, berberine and the studies that have been conducted is just phenomenal, especially when in conjunction with lifestyle changes. What we know about this bacterial problem in the gut is that these bad bacteria feed on saturated Mm -hmm. fats and processed carbohydrates. And if you can just change that person's diet a little bit away from the standard American diet and use berberine, it was as effective as the diabetes medications. They also saw that using berberine with metformin was even more effective, very effective at controlling diabetes without even changing someone's diet. So berberine is very, very powerful. Um, there's an article out of Clinical Endocrinology, it was this year, where they're comparing in women with polycystic ovarian syndrome. Okay, time out. Polycystic cystic ovarian syndrome. We did a full hour. He's learning. He doesn't like <laughs> me interrupting. Okay, so I can see it. That. <laughs> I can sense it. The hair goes up on the neck. So, like polycystic English. ovarian syndrome is a condition where women will lots of times have too much testosterone. They won't menstruate every 28 days. They may go 35 days and 60 days and back to 20 days. And lots of times they may get some hair growth on their face, parts of their body, and they'll lose the hair on the top of their head. And it's associated with infertility. And in this study, they compared, let me back up. About
1: 50% of the time, it's associated with
2: infertility. Yeah, very commonly. And metformin, which is a diabetes medication, is used in the treatment of polycystic ovarian syndrome because commonly these females have problems of prediabetes, blood sugar regulation. They've shown that using metformin helps them to carry a pregnancy full term or to get pregnant. So they compared metformin to berberine in the study, and they showed that basically berberine Resulted in more successful live births than Metformin did, which is pretty awesome. Well, that's well. It's not surprising. Just for the record, metformin is a very common drug used for
1: um, diabetes, type two, and pre-diabetes. Some people may not know that, but it also has a lot of side effects,
2: like which which we talked about. B12 deficiency, B12
1: deficiency causing peripheral neuropathy and things of that nature, where the berberine (laughs) is. It's, it's, it's a
2: pretty safe compound other than the side effects
1: know. initially that we talked about
2: right once
1: you get the dose right It's pretty pretty, effective. pretty innocuous. There's, there's really not a whole lot going
2: on yeah. other than doing what it's supposed to do Exactly, so that was pretty exciting and it's so exciting relative to controlling blood sugar Just because so much of the liter- or so much of the information on medications relative to diabetes is about let's improve insulin signaling Let's go into the liver and improve how the liver releases sugar into the system to control someone's diabetes. Let's control the sensitivity of the pancreas and releasing insulin. Here, berberine has really it has been a foundational component in our understanding of how to control
0: to get started visit plushcare.com weight loss that's plushcare.com weight loss
2: or manage someone's blood sugar issue like diabetes through modulating their gastrointestinal tract and in fact I want to go into a story right now
0: this episode is brought to you by La Quinta by window. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free brightside breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead, and after you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. What were you going to say?
2: I was going to say no, and, um, dietary and dietary alteration, hundred percent dietary
1: alteration, and, um, and maybe maybe story is going to cover this, but I, what I was going to say is this.
0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member
1: FDSE.
2: Before
1: we move on to the next subject is, and then what if the patient takes berberine, that's mm-hmm. all they do, mm-hmm. and their blood sugar doesn't get better?
2: Well, it might mean that they have a more complicated case. They may have severe bacterial overgrowth. We've seen that too. Exactly. And lots of times. are they're you may- still eating a ton of crap. And you know, absolutely. So you're because growing back are, these bacteria, and the yeah. berberine just can't kill them. Because there are
1: cases though where people are eating crap, and their blood sugar gets better. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean you shouldn't stop eating the standard American diet. Just means that eventually berberine is going to stop working.
2: Right. So, but what's the case? I'll go into that, and then there was one thing I think I wanted to say there too. On the studies relative to berberine, a lot of them were initially done on rats, and they would give these rats 100 milligrams of berberine for every kilogram of body weight. If you think of a rat, they may weigh like a kilogram. So it's, that's a lot of berberine for their body weight. The studies on humans are 1,500 milligrams. And we weigh, you know, on the order of 100 kilograms, 80 kilograms, 120 kilograms. So the doses used regarding berberine in the literature are very, very infinitesimal. Comparatively to the body size and so that is one thing that we get quite a response Yeah, Yeah. and we've experimented Mm -hmm. with increased doses of berberine. and seen some pretty cool results Mm -hmm. also So this the case that we want to talk about this is a gal with type 1 diabetes And so type 1 diabetes has a different mechanism usually these people develop diabetes when they're at a young age Uh, Their immune system will kill their pancreas so that the pancreas can't make insulin These people are therefore dependent on using insulin for the rest of their lives And it has also been very well substantiated that patients with type 1 diabetes have something called leaky gut syndrome, which is where the gastrointestinal tract breaks down and can allow big food molecules to leak through, as well as bad bacteria. And we're going to get to this relative to type 2 diabetes, too. And so in the studies regarding berberine, they just always will talk about how berberine is so powerful, but it doesn't absorb into the system. And we tested this one patient with type 1 diabetes for leaky gut syndrome, and she probably had the worst panel on leaky gut syndrome we've ever seen. And just as we went through our process, we had her on bird brain. She was actually on a low dose, lower dose than what is typically recommended. And she said, my insulin levels, I don't need as much insulin. It has gotten down to where she was taking somewhere on the order of 150 units of insulin a day to where now she's right in the range of 25. And it's just been phenomenal. And she's been working with her endocrinologist right now trying to scale back her insulin even more because she was going into low blood sugar because she was using too much insulin because the berberine was reducing her glucose so drastically. And what we're seeing there is that berberine, when it can be absorbed, has this whole other host of awesome effects in the body. But it was absorbed because of her leaky gut. <laughs> it was absorbed because of her leaky gut. <laughs> Which is kind of like... And she also had other things absorbed, like yeah. heavy metals and yeah. things like that. but. Uh-huh it was absorbed because of that, and then we're seeing that if berberine does get into the bloodstream, it can act on insulin signaling mechanisms as powerfully as anything else. Okay, so So what happens when
1: our leaky gut gets fired?
2: Well, we're probably going to have to use more berberine.
1: (laughs) And I'm just saying that, uh, not because you're here to talk about leaky guts and understand intestinal permeability and what it is with berberine, but make you understand this is a, you have complex physiology, you have a complex biochemistry, and everybody comes in here, we have like a 12-point whatever you want to call it, a 12-point program that we evaluate every person against. And within each one of those 12 points, there can be 6, 8, 10, 12, 20 different things that need to be evaluated. And within the framework of those 12, all of those need to be evaluated for every person, and then you need to figure out what's going on with, with that person, and then manage the case accordingly. This is called managing the case accordingly. I wasn't actually even familiar. With, I, you had briefly mentioned that to me, but you didn't mention why her insulin levels have gone down. Because we've had um, other diabetes type 1 patients whose insulin levels have gone down, and that may explain why to mm-hmm. me now. Right. <laughs> okay. But uh, but this is how we do it. This is how we this is how we go forward. So you heard what he just said. Well, then we'll probably have to try to increase the berberine mm-hmm. or whatever. This is, if, if if you're just thinking about berberine, and you're thinking, hey, we think of the body as like, okay, well, I got the small intestinal bacterial growth. I'm gonna take it in, okay. It worked. It didn't work. It. It. We're just. We're just trying to help you understand the complexities of of this. And if we talked about any type of supplement, we probably would have a very similar take on it because that's what we've had to. That's what we've had to deal with to help people to regain their health. And it's been pretty complex. We've had a lot of good mentors. Um, and and Dr. Gates probably researched everybody who's anybody in this in this field and and the fields we work with and and this is what you need to understand this is what I meant when i said you need to understand the context about all the supplements you're taking not just berberine but berberine is so powerful that we don't want people to get a, uh, like take it and get and get symptoms vomiting, nausea and go oh that's bad it may be bad it may later on you may come in to some place like this and somebody'll say you need to take berberine and you're going to go oh that made me sick we, we then you have to Listen to that person if they go, well, that, you, you might have been taking too much or something. Or you might have leaky gut. And it was just like jamming through, which most of our patients do, Right, right. Frankly.
2: And berberine has been shown to heal the leaky gut syndrome as well. Yeah.
1: So, so, so we have berberine, this magical, miracle uh, substance that's probably been around for thousands of years, that has been around for thousands of years, that, um, that kills mostly the bad bacteria. Uh, and 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 only a little bit of the good bacteria, so it's very very useful in gut problems. Um, the 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 next topic is kind of how is the pharmaceutical industry working with this berberine uh, when antibiotics, as Dr. Gates pointed out, um, are very powerful because they got to get through the gut, which saved me because I had pneumonia. Yeah, many absolutely. like in 2012 I had pneumonia and I was. I was still an idiot at that time. I was still going like, no, no drugs, no drugs, no drugs. and then eventually I couldn't breathe, and I thought, I'm going to die, and I went and got a horse pill that afternoon from a, a colleague of mine who's a medical doctor, an alternative medical doctor local here, and started feeling better immediately, but I waited too long, and it set off a ton of autoimmune problems in my In my uh, physiology, which in essence is why we're sitting here talking, Mm -hmm. eventually ended up evolving into everything that we're doing here. But so that saved my life, possibly, you know, certainly uh, stopped the process, which was not stopping on its own. Berberine probably would have done nothing for that. Yeah, it would have. Because it doesn't get to the lungs, as Dr. Gates pointed out. So, but. Um, what is the pharmaceutical doing? They're, they are studying berberine absolutely because of its powerful effects. Um,
2: what are they doing with it? So, yeah, in, in researching berberine, when you're looking at the diabetes literature especially, you'll see article after article pop up where they're trying to chemically modify berberine because if you chemically modify a natural compound, you can patent it to a certain extent. And then they're also trying to make it more absorbable with things like sodium caprate, they're also trying to make it more absorbable with nanoparticles. So just so you know out there, basically they're chemically modifying berberine so that more of it gets into the bloodstream because a lot of the facts in rats have been done where they can inject berberine into their system, and they're seeing a host of just amazing changes. So like to
1: yell with the diabetes
2: type Yeah, on. kind of like what we saw with the diabetes But it was going in the herd system because our gut was like Swiss cheese. Exactly, and it was just flowing in when it shouldn't be flowing in. Right. And normally it doesn't. And then there are other studies looking at shutting off certain enzymes that absorb some substances so that berberine can be absorbed. I mean, this is just a whole new field of itself. I anticipate in the next 10 years we'll have a medication that is a berberine derivative of some sort that is probably going to be patented and it's going to sell a lot of medications. You probably want to invest stock in that company if it were me, <laughs> just because when it's it, going to be a When it comes effect. out, we'll let you know. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be very effective. Um, because what we're seeing with berberine is just so amazing in and of itself. But again, that's not the whole story. And again, we see way more fantastic results with berberine in conjunction with everything else we do. You know, I just mentioned it briefly, but the other supplements we use to mitigate the side effects of berberine also help for the overall effect of the berberine, as well as other natural supplements have been shown to regulate blood sugar very well in conjunction with the berberine. So that's what I'd have to say. Okay.
1: And so we use it a lot. We use it in, we, now again, we treat a lot, of, a lot of chronic conditions. Some of the chronic conditions that we treat um, seem to be helped quite a bit by berberine, and, and there, there are things that some of you may or may not have, so we thought we'd mention a few of those before we close. You kind of sort of went over PCOS. Did you want to go over that no, a little bit more specifically? No. Okay, PCOS. Doug Gates already talked about that. For ladies out there who have that. It's been a big part of Dr. Gates'
2: success in managing these particular cases. Um, memory? Memory, yeah. So they've done studies on rats and basically injected them with berberine and saw that diabetic rats have problems in the part of the brain associated with memory. Because, like
1: the of, the
2: because of the blood sugar. Because of the blood sugar And we now see that things like Alzheimer's, one of the factors that can predispose someone to memory disorders like Alzheimer's are blood sugar dysregulation problems.
1: Yeah, there are people who are there are people in the industry who are starting to call Alzheimer's diabetes
2: type three. Yeah, and this is a very contentious area. A lot of Alzheimer's researchers are so into their beta amyloid plaques, but it seems as though inflammation. What's a
1: beta amyloid plaque? Beta
2: amyloid plaques are little tangles of connective tissue. You think by. of them that way in the brain. They thought it was genetics, but now it's appearing as though elevations in cortisol, cortisol. high inflammation, cortisol is a stress hormone, high inflammation. Mm-hmm and pre-diabetes are resulted in in this diabetes type 3 problem of the brain. And so berberine has been shown to mitigate the effects of the diabetes in the brain in it by itself. So basically the berberine caused neuron A, which is a little brain cell, to talk to brain cell B better in the memory area of the brain, which is phenomenal also. Pretty powerful for something to get off the shelf. Yeah. That's from, you know, Asia. Some people say it's from... But again, universe.
1: you know... That person's probably going to have to change your diet. Well,
2: they'd be smart to. I mean, it's just an exercise in futility, in our opinion, for someone just to take berberine and keep eating donuts. <laughs> I mean, at some point, you're going to have to say, I'm not going to do this. Yeah, yeah. And,
1: and then another thing that we treat quite a bit of is peripheral neuropathy, pain, numbness, tingling, burning, sharpshooting pain, mostly in the feet from the knees down when it, it can start moving into your hands, which can make it a little bit more difficult. But uh, essentially, that's a, a pretty good lay diagnosis, the leg definition of peripheral neuropathy mm-hmm. and, um, and when you started using the berberine after the patient alerted you to it, alerted mm-hmm. it up. We had the patient alert us to a lot of things. Sometimes we're hard heads. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, uh, but uh, there have been a couple times when, when we've had the like swallow, the... You know, bite the bullet and go, okay, we're going to try this, and have it work out. So so maybe some of the patient's research isn't so bad, even though it's off the internet. But what about neuropathy? You've seen some good things with that.
2: Yes, yeah, so not only through reducing blood sugar through the mechanism that we described. Which it. can cause neuropathy. Yeah, blood sugar true. can cause neuropathy just like it can mess up your brain. Where your brain de- basically blood kills a bad bacteria in the gut that decreases bacterial components in the bloodstream. That helps blood sugar regulation. Uh, but we have read the studies where, again, they inject a rat, basically, with berberine, or they get a lot of berberine into a rat, and they see that it decreases their pain associated with peripheral neuropathy in and of itself, which is, again, amazing. I've even read some studies, I didn't attach them, where they're talking about diabetic nephropathy, where the, the kidneys are injured because of the elevations of blood sugar, and berberine by itself goes in and appears to heal it heal the kidney, so it's less damage. Also, they've talked about berberine as something termed an aldose reductase inhibitor. Fancy word. All it means is that when we have diabetes, the blood sugar elevations will cause sugar to go into your nerves, into your eyes, into your kidneys, and it gets trapped there, basically. It's converted into sorbitol, and sorbitol attracts water. So then those tissues swell, so your retina swells. So then your kidney swell and your nerve swell, and that can result in retinal problems, kidney disease, and peripheral neuropathy. And they see that berberine by itself acts to basically get that sorbitol out of those tissues, which is just really, really phenomenal. Those tissues don't have basically the right enzyme to get sorbitol out. So berberine serves to do that. It's just amazing. And then we didn't even talk about berberine relative to cancer because we don't treat cancer here. Um, But there is a lot of discussion for those who do treat cancer regarding berberine and again regarding the pharmaceutical industry. And the same compound I mentioned relative to increasing berberine's availability in the bloodstream, sodium caprate, where they attach the sodium caprate to the berberine, is being studied relative to breast cancer to help with the effects of cancer. We went to the International Conference Mm -hmm. on Human Nutrition and Functional Medicine. They had a whole day on cancer. And a lot of what they talked about relative to cancer detailed around controlling body mass, controlling metabolic syndrome, prediabetes, etc. So we're, I'm a little unclear as to whether or not berberine is having effects on cancer because of what we've described here, or if there are separate effects. And I'm happy with being a little ignorant on that issue just because we don't treat cancer. Yeah, so we'll leave it to. And there's the probably some sort of
1: integrated do effect do that. there. We two of the doctors that we work with. Uh, when we do engage afterwards, after they've done their thing, for us to kind of clean them up, if you will. Um, we have patients who've gone to them. Uh, we have a lot of conversations in between. We don't treat cancer. We don't treat, co-treat with them or anything like that, but, um, but I suspect not unlike one of the things we're gonna talk about. We're gonna do a little segment on Lyme disease after we're done here. If you're, if you're enjoying this, then, then you know, please don't miss next week. Next week is kind of a big, big deal in most people's uh, uh, journey to wellness. So, okay, that's it for this week. Thank you for watching again and uh, take care.